Last week, Adam called himself the Clendenning of this radio show because I only use him when I desperately need him. <laughs> and he is here once again because I desperately need him. Adam, Mike, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing all right. Yeah, see, he's already, he's already I have my fancy new microphone, so that's fun. See, don't you hear that? Speaking of that, I would like to tell all of you, guess what? What? This show is brought to you by Patreon. That's correct. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Banter. If you go there, you could donate money to the show. And when you donate money to the show, we do things for you. For example, Mike gets a Skype subscription, and then he buys himself a microphone so that he doesn't sound like a robot. You can hear the acoustics in his voice. Just listen to those acoustics. They're amazing. Acoustics. Acoustics. I, I hate you so much right now. You've already ruined what why, this is. Why, why um, have I done? You've just I'll go back to it. being sick if you want. It's fine. John, John J. Porter. John J. Porter. Anthony Viola. Guy from Montana. Daniel DeGen. Eric Cohn. Matt Bader. George Lippman. Dan Lynch. John Reppy. Arch Williams. Igor Zetlovsky. Zachary Zetlin, Dan Carosi, Alexander Thornton, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kempner, and Michael Silvers. Thank you all for donating. Beautiful. To Patreon. You're all beautiful people. You make us a better place. You make Mike have a microphone, and that is also very, very good. Um, before we get into anything, I have a question. Mike Commodore, is he a reputable source, or is he throwing this insider stuff around on Twitter as a game? Yeah, he's doing it as a game. He thinks it's funny. He put, you notice how he put the two R's. I, d- I did insiders. notice the two R's. I, I did notice the two R's, and that was uh, that was my first. Yeah, he did the same. He did the same thing at the trading deadline. That maybe oh. something was very wrong. So I just needed to just needed to make sure that that was the case, um, because that could have been uh, kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Anywho, I'm with Adam. I'm with Mike, and there is some crazy things going on. In Rangerland, we were talking about it a little bit before. We're going to try to run you through everything, if possible. 7-1, which is Saturday, opens the free agency period. But for those of you who don't oh know, my God. with the new CBA, um, teams are permitted to talk to players this week. They are, quote-unquote, not permitted to talk about actual contract terms. So, for example, the Rangers could not reach out to Shattenkirk and say, how would you feel about an $8 million a year deal for 25 years. They could say no. things like, do you like New York? Or would you like to play in Madison Square Garden? And if so, could you write down a number that may or may not correlate to how much money is going to be in a check that gets paid out to you every two weeks? You know, that type of stuff. Um, but the Rangers have interest in a lot of different places. Before we get into any of that, I think we should talk about the draft. Some surprising things happened to Adam, myself, and Mika because Mike was sick last week, discussed the possibility of a Derek Stepan trade and an Anthony Ronta trade. We saw both of them happen at once. Um, instant analysis on that, Adam. What, what were your thoughts on the trade? And I know some of it's going to have to do with the direction the Rangers are moving in right now, but just what are your thoughts on what's happened to this point? It's, it's so weird, right? Because I think, like, we understood at the time, like, once that trade was made, that, okay, like, they're bringing in two good players, but, like, that's not an answer for what they're trying to do. That's kind of just one, you know, one part of it. And, you know, I think we kind of figured in the next few days or whatever, we would have figured out like, Oh, okay. This is why they opened up that cap space. This is how they're going to 
you know, deal with it. But, like, we really don't have many more answers uh, now, which is, like, five or five or six days later. So um, it's, it's a bit strange. But as for the trade itself, um, I mean, look, would I have done it? I don't know. Do I get it? Yeah. Um, they needed the prospects badly, and they got seventh overall pick. Weak draft or not, like, it's still – Elias Anderson still, you know, a really good prospect. Um, Anthony D'Angelo, you know, just strictly speaking about on-ice stuff, um, you know, we wanted the Rangers to get a young, puck-moving, right-handed defenseman, and, you know, that's what he is. Is he going to be, you know, top-pairing guy? No, but um, it still addresses a need both now and in the future. So, you know, I get it. It's just kind of we're still waiting for the other, um, you know, the other shoe to drop. Mike, your thoughts on the uh, the Stepan stuff? Well, it's you know we talked about it really all all season and especially with the off season here long. And that if the Rangers are going to do it, they have this window; they can do it. Um, I think a lot of people are expecting it to be Stepan being moved for answers now instead of what we got, which is like Adam said, it's you know futures and of course the cap space. Um, you know, we we can get into Anthony D'Angelo stuff off the ice later, but for now, you know, he's 21-year-old, you know, right-side defenseman who's, you know, has it in him to be a 30-point defenseman in the NHL the next year or two. Um, you know, it's he's a, from New Jersey. You know, there's there's a lot of things about his game, like uh I listen to the hockey PDO cast talk about him a little bit. Um, he's not exactly a blue chip guy, but you know he's there's enough there for him to be in, interesting. You know he's a former first you know first round pick. He's still like I said 21. Um, so we talked a lot about how there's really nothing in the cupboard after Ryan Graves in terms of the blue line, and now all of a sudden there's. D'Angelo, uh, who has permission from Phil Esposito to wear 77, so that's fun. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a really weird it's a really weird thing to have not only seen the Rangers draft in the first round, but to do it twice and to give up Stepan to make it happen. But like Adam said, there's definitely something coming because you know there's still there's still the Zabinajad contract that needs to get worked out. And fast needs to get re-signed, but the Rangers still have a ton of money to play with to go after a big fish in free agency or make a really bad mistake. So I guess we're going to see what happens. D'Angelo off-ice stuff aside, and I think it, at, at this point when we discuss him, we'll just do it that way because uh, I think Mike has a longer story that's coming on that in terms of the website and more on the homophobic stuff than anything else from my very limited research. I don't think that stuff has come over to the NHL side, although I don't know. Um, the more pressing in terms of on-ice issues, which does not make it more important in life, just more important in terms of him actually playing, is the abuse of the officials. I think he's had two of those suspensions since he's come to the NHL. He had one last year with the Coyotes, although it sounds a little bit worse than it is. I looked at the video and it was more like a Carcillo in 2014 when the official kind of grabbed him and moved him out of the way. And he like smacked his hands off of him rather than him. Accosting yeah. a, 
rather than him accosting an official, which I do think makes a big difference. There's a temper there, obviously, one way or another. But um, it's one the of sort the things... of thing an NBA player gets a technical foul for when Correct. you know an official is trying to hold you back, and then you kind of you see it all the time in soccer games, especially like someone's trying to hold you back, and you just kind of you know swipe and try to push their arms off of you because you don't like their arms being on you. But uh, he definitely has. I think what we could pretty safely call a short fuse. Um, that's not obviously a great trait to have. Uh, he, you know, he's only five <laughs> eleven. He's not a big not guy. Twenty one. Yeah. Um, I, 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 there's, but he's he's still young. He he can he can mature. I mean, I know he's was, he's a big boy, but it was sort of the point I was. Uh, coming around to there's the old uh, he's old he's like 22 years old but scott wheeler is a name you guys might have heard he's the uh he mm-hmm. used to be the managing editor of pension plan puppets and, and he's a big prospect guy who's done some work in the prospect circles in the nhl and last year when arizona traded for d'angelo he referred to d'angelo as one of the best puck moving prospects in terms of defensemen yeah. on the planet and I think that upside is there. Like, there is an opportunity for the Rangers. You can see what's intoxicating about him. You really can. There, there's, those players don't come around very often. And his AHL numbers are fantastic, especially as a 20 and a 21-year-old. His NHL numbers are, are nothing to scoff at in, in his time with Arizona. And, yeah, there's some off-ice issues that hopefully have not followed him to the <clears throat> NHL. There's some anger issues that hopefully will not continue to follow him. And I think in a lot of ways, the Rangers represent his final opportunity. So that's motivation there as well. And this is a roundabout way of me saying part of what we're grappling with and part of, I have a story that's going up tomorrow that is talking about whether or not the Rangers are rebuilding or if they're retooling. And just to clarify that, rebuilding means blow the whole thing up, start over again, look to being good in four years or so. Retooling means, hey, the core of this team isn't getting it done. Let's make some adjustments and then go around and try to fix this but still be competitive right now. And Yes, but what is rebuilding on, on the fly, Joe? <laughs> well, rebuilding on the fly is, I guess it could be mm. one or the other. Yeah. The step-on trade the question. screams rebuild. You're losing your number one center. I'm not getting into the argument that he's not a number one center. I will not do it. I don't have the time or the patience. Um, You're losing a number one center. You get a a seventh overall draft pick, which for a team that has not had a first-round draft pick in five years is critical. And we could go into that draft a little bit. I I have a pretty comprehensive uh, draft grade stuff and some – analysis on Anderson, and he is not a bad prospect at all. There are definitely guys, I think, with a little bit more upside, but in terms of the safe bet, Anderson was as safe as the Rangers could have gone. There's, there's nothing to suggest that he's not going to be a top-six player, or maybe the, the high end of his ceiling is a first-line player. He might not be the best player on your team, but there's a lot to be said for the experience that he's had in the professional leagues in, in Sweden and whatnot. That's great, but that's not a win-now move. D'Angelo fixes a problem, he, he is all-world offensive talent, but he is not a great defensive defenseman. I, I think there's probably plenty of evidence to say he's not even a good defensive defenseman. So you're not solving those problems. Now, Brendan Smith is back. That's great. Shattenkirk is obviously the next name on the list, and that's sort of where we're going. Because if you look at the step-on trade in a vacuum, you say to yourself, all right, the Rangers are rebuilding. 
but last week I told you I was perfectly fine with the Rangers trading Stepan for picks and prospects and turning around and trading, or excuse me, signing Joe Thornton and Kevin Shattenkirk and retooling that way. And that's not a rebuild, and that's still on the table. But this marriage that Adam, to his credit, since there are people who are in the blogosphere who seem to claim that they're insiders, even though they're not, Adam had the Shattenkirk stuff two years ago. And now that we're 24 hours away from this potential marriage, we're starting to get signs and smoke signals from the Rangers camp that they may not actually be interested in Shattenkirk, which I think would be insane. Because if you're actually rebuilding, why did you buy out Dan Girardi? Why take the cap penalty? Why create all this cap space if you're not going to do anything with it? So that's my confusion. And there seems to be a very, very big that's not okay. I'm going to start over. There seems to be plenty of evidence that the Rangers are backing away from the idea of giving Shattenkirk term on his contract. Will he take less to stay in New York? Maybe. Is it going to be enough to get a deal done? I don't know. Now I'm a little skeptical. But what are the next options? And that's what I can't make heads or tails of. And Adam, I will let you jump in so I can stop talking. Yeah, it's just it's just weird weird timing. You know, I tweeted about this earlier, but. You know the, the the 2016 you know playoff that ended super early and embarrassingly against Pittsburgh. Like they moved massive pieces for Eric Stahl, and then you know last year, which was better, but still not exactly you know this is year type stuff. They you know keep a bunch of guys that had trade value, and then they make a move for Brendan Smith. You know, and and then now you look at the team. If this team adds Kevin Shattenkirk and and you know let's say Joe Thornton. You know, is it is it a perfect team? No, but it's, in my opinion, it would be their best team since the 2014 season. You know, and uh, it just seems like they're picking a weird time to suddenly, you know, say whoa, 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 like let's hold back. You know, like let's, you know, let's be patient here because this certainly feels like more than ever, you know, kind of do or die time. And you know, if they're not going to do. Okay, but, you know, like you said, why are they buying out Girardi now, you know, instead of a year later when the cost would be, when the penalty would be less? Why are they, you know, paying market price for Brendan Smith for four years? Um, so it's, and, and why are they, um, why were they so eager to open up the cap space with the step on trade? So it it mm. just feels, it just feels weird, you know, it's just kind of like, was it that like just like the market for a defenseman didn't open up as they hoped for a Truba or, or someone else? Like, you know, it, it just kind of feels like um, just like a piece of the puzzle is kind of just lost. And they're trying not to, find to it. I don't know. Not to cut you off, Mike, but just a very quick just on that, okay. no, on that point. Well, Mike was going to go next. Um, oh, so no. All right. I don't give a crap about it. You're, you're the contending of the podcast. We talked about this. You, you go on the ice mm-hmm. when you go on the ice, and then you come off, and you hope that you go back on the ice, because apparently that's how mm-hmm. this works. It's depressing, and it's sad. And, but don't worry. I'll give you a qualifying offer this summer, because I, I see the value. Oh, um, too soon. I didn't, yeah, it could be too soon. Uh, when Gordon made the move, Larry Brooks did an interview with him after the step-on trade, And Gordon said, I'm paraphrasing here, but pretty much, quote, when you don't have cap space, you really don't get phone calls from other general managers for deals because they're not stupid and they know you can't make it happen. But when you do have cap space, you start getting phone calls that maybe you would not have gotten previously. 
And that insinuated that there were going to be those phone calls for the New York Rangers. I would hope that Gordon is not just opening up cap space because he hopes someone's going to pick up the phone and talk to him. I would think that there is at least an inclination or a hint, hint, wink, wink that he's had a phone call with people and they've said, hey, listen, if you can do X, we can do Y. Um, it was reported that last year a step on trade was in the works with we don't know who. I have a funny feeling it was either Arizona or Minnesota, but there was another portion that had to happen that did not happen to make it possible. Um, I have reason to believe it was for Keller to be available, and he was taken, I think, seventh overall by Arizona, and obviously they had their eye on him, so maybe there was a totally different scenario going on behind the scenes, but just to kind of throw that in there, it does seem like Jeff Gordon thinks that there's going to be some phone calls, and maybe there are going to be some phone calls after free agency settles down and guys miss out on the players that they're looking for. 2018 is supposed to be one of the deepest drafts we've seen in a really long time. So if the goal is to make Nash, Zuccarello, um, Grabner, Fast, I don't know, consolation prizes, you could do worse than getting picks in the 2018 draft. But I think it would be an incredible heel turn and slap in the face for Henrik Lundqvist that you've basically gone all in when you didn't have to. Now you have the opportunity to smartly go all in and change the entire complexion of a team that's been so close, and you're going to back out and do nothing, which I don't understand. But um, I guess let's burn that bridge when we get there. Mike, sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, I know we kind of wandered off the trail there a little bit, but uh, it, it will be really interesting to see what happens if the Rangers decide to, uh, you know, not enter what looks like it'll be a pretty – intense bidding war for both Thornton and Shattenkirk. I think the last we checked, it's Thornton has a dozen teams interested in him. He's flying to Montreal. Uh, the Kings are really, you know, going hard after him. And I think LA is willing to give him three years. Rob Blake uh, is willing to give him three years. And I'm not sure that's something that other teams, including the Rangers want to do. He turns, you know, 38 in July. So that's uh, that's something to keep in mind, you know. For a guy who's 38, for whatever reason, two years sounds so much more palatable than three, especially for a player who, you know, was playing on one leg in the playoffs. Uh, but what's so mystifying to me is the Rangers got the second most desirable defenseman hitting free agency when they signed Smith. Um, after Shattenkirk, there's not a lot there that, uh, you know, would kind of fit this weird rebuilding on the fly. Uh, we still, we're still in our cup window mentality. You know, there's guys who you can, you know, plug in and feel confident about, you know, and maybe in like a second pairing role, especially, you know, with, the fact that the Rangers now have overall what will likely almost certainly will be a much better defense just because of what's been taken away from it. And, uh, you know, it looks like Klein will be officially retiring, but, uh, there's, there's no other power play quarterback, you know, can play 21 minutes a night sort of defenseman there, Chat and Kirk, and then a lot of kind of much lesser parts. So if it's not Shattenkirk uh, and if it's not Thornton, the Rangers will have all this cap space. And that's going to be 
you know, it, it kind of it has to go somewhere, and that's going to be kind of tough to swallow if the Rangers don't don't do what New York Rangers have, have been known to do, which is you know they get their guy uh, with Hank being at the age he is, and with only one more year of Rick Nash under contract, and you know all these other factors. It's it feels like if they're going to take one more you know wild reckless swing at this thing, it's it's this this is the time to do it. You know, you, you bought out Girardi, you, you saw re-signed Smith and all right, so we're going for it. And now we're hearing, you know, kind of a conflicting, conflicting group of stories. And let's call a spade a spade here. If the New York Rangers do not sign Shattenkirk or make a trade for a top pairing defenseman, you're basically rebuilding. Uh, there's, I don't really see a way around it. Um, there, the reports that are circulating right now are that the Rangers are interested in giving the younger kids the reins. Uh, I think Dan Rosen from NHL.com put together a quote from Gordon that was talking about how Brzgalov and um, – that's not how you say his name. Adam, how do you say the Russian kid's name? Bergglyzov. Bergglyzov? Bergglyzov. Uh, Neil Point. Bear uh, and then glaze like a donut. Bear glaze. There you go. Most of the way there. Um, They even mentioned Sean Day as as a potential player who could make the jump this year, which I don't see, but whatever. Yeah, that surprised me. Those are odd things to me. To say stuff like that is bizarre because you have Stahl and you have Holden – and you have Smith, and you have McDonough, and you have D'Angelo. That's five players already that are... And Shea, there you go, right down the list. So if those kids are coming in, then who's coming out? I think Colden may have value as like a, hey, you didn't get Shattenkirk, you didn't get Smith, Franson, or anybody here. Here's like a third-round pick. Here's Holden. Stall, I don't know what you're going to do with. Maybe you send him in the press box. I don't know. But I have no idea what the plan is, and... Nobody seems to know. And if you do get Shattenkirk, you have to expect a move because even if Klein retires, now you're talking about two players sitting in the press box, which the Rangers did last year as well, but it was McElrath and Clendenning, not Stahl and Holden. And that's obviously an enormous difference uh, between contracts and players and whatnot. We have a call. We're going to take the call. I'm having some issues with the editor. I tried to put you on before. It didn't work. So if you get cut off, it is not my fault. I apologize. But this is 917. You are on Banter in the Blue Shirts. Who's this? Hello? Hello. Hi. Hi. This is Sean. What's going on, Sean? Hi, Sean. I have a few questions for you. Sure. What it, one, what, what is everyone's obsession with a puck-moving defenseman? Now, I get that <laughs> we need someone like Shannon Kirk, but... You know, if you look back at our biggest issues, it was coverage in the defensive zone that was the biggest issue. So, if it was up to me, you know, I I would not mind signing someone who you know puts up maybe 20 points a year, but is super solid in the defensive zone because you know you have guys like Shea and D'Angelo, um, proven that um, you know they they can um, you know be be offensive minded. So. Um, I just don't get why everyone in the NHL is obsessed with, um, you know, a puck-moving defenseman, especially someone like Shattenkirk, who's going 
going to cost $7 million a year and dirty twenty-eight. I'll tell you question. what the first issue is there with, with that type of a thought process. The, one of the issues is that the Rangers run a system that requires puck-moving defensemen to get the puck out of the zone. And one of the problems with Vigneault's offensive strategy is that when those lines of transition are cut off, when Girardi or Stahl or Klein or Holden are not capable of getting the puck out of the defensive zone and getting it up to the forwards, the train breaks down and there's no real offense. The Rangers were very easily shut down when those guys were not playing well. And that, unfortunately, was quite a bit of the season because you weren't getting those neutral zone rushes. You weren't using the wingers with speed. There's a lot of things there. I don't think Shattenkirk is as bad defensively as everybody seems to think he is. I think he's pretty clearly a top-pairing defenseman across the board. And I also think that one of the best defenses you can have in the NHL is not having the opposing team have the puck in your zone. And possession for a defenseman, even an offensive defenseman, is critical in that regard. And that's why I think Keith Yandel was ridiculously undervalued when he was in New York for the same reason. People think he's not a good defenseman because he's not tough enough or he's not hitting guys in the corner. Sometimes good defense is not having the puck long enough to hit somebody in the corner or getting it out. I I just don't think the Rangers did enough of that last year. And when they focus on those kind of wind and grind players, a la the John Tortorella era in New York, it became difficult for the team to be successful. Um, I don't know, Mike or Adam, if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, for for me, it's just that's a nice thought, but you know, like, look, if if there was a you know a Nick Jalmerson and, and a, a Willie Mitchell and a Robin Regeer available in free agency right now, I'd be like, yeah, great, go ahead, let's sign them. You know, like those are great defensemen; they would improve the Rangers' you know shutdown ability. But they're not there. There's nobody in free agency that's anything remotely like that. So you know, it's almost a non-starter. It's not just that Shattenkirk is a puck mover. It's that he represents the best ability to add a quality defenseman. You know, guys like, um, you know, a, a Dmitry Kulikov or a, a Carl Alsner or a Michael Stone, you know, they just fall into – they would just be adding another Dan Girardi, you know, a guy who, you know, blocks shots and plays tough. But when you actually look at the impact, is that the impact is that the ice is tilted against you. And that's that's the opposite of what the Rangers need right now. That's the last thing they need. So I don't I don't really see where they're getting that kind of defenseman. But it would be great if they could. Fair, um, that's fair. Um, you know, and I think um, you know that sort of leads me to my next question. In that it's clear that our two biggest holes, um, at least last year, uh, were defense and offensive consistency. Um, especially in, you know, clutch games. So I was wondering your thoughts on signing Justin Williams because he's obviously a proven playoff performer. And then, you know, with that, just sort of touching upon um, sort of the inconsistency of Kreider, Miller, Hayes, and those and those guys. And, um, you know, if, I think it's a big year for all three of those guys. And if they don't step up, especially with Stepan, I am so ready to move on from them because, um, I mean, they've all just vastly, you know, they all have, you know, all-star potential and they, they'll they have 10 games of 
uh, of a brilliant streak, and then they they go ten games where you don't hear them call out. So, um, you know, curious on your thoughts on a, a clutch score like Justin Williams, um, and then whether those three guys, um, if this is like a make or break year for them. Mm. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good question too. And uh, thanks for calling in. By oh, the way, like, I, this thing is giving me trouble. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to drop you because it's. I'm hearing a verberation. I don't know if anyone else is. I hope nobody else is. But thank you for the call. Seriously, those are two. They're good questions that kind of bring us to what we're talking about. So I appreciate that, Sean. Um, who, I'll, which one I'll jump on the Williams first here. Go ahead. Um, I, I think when you look at, like, I understand the temptation of a guy like Williams, but there's there's a couple problems with it, uh, you know, just from the basis of, like, what do the Rangers need? Uh, there's one thing that I'm, I think we can comfortably say they don't need, and that's, that's wingers. Uh, like the clear needs right now are we, we do actually need a body to be a backup goaltender. Um, you know, whether it's just a bunch of squirrels in a, you know, in a crash test dummy suit or something, we need something there. Uh, you need a center of some kind because Lindbergh and Stepan are both gone. And then there is that that spot on defense for someone who, frankly, the Rangers kind of need at least a top four defenseman unless there's this, you know, there's this sense in the organization that, yeah, Nick Holden is that guy already. We don't need that. And or between, what is it, Pionk, Day, uh, you know, and Graves, and Beraglazov, Beraglazov, you're going to have someone who's ready. Um, or, you know, and D'Angelo in the mix as well. Um, you know, we already saw the Rangers kind of have an abundance of wingers last season. You know, it's, it's how Pavel Vucnevich got lost in the mix. And you know, it's how, you know, you look at a guy like Justin Williams, and, you know, he, he was very productive, but he also, you know, enjoyed playing with good players, and he – I think he shot, looking at his numbers here, he shot 14% for 24 goals. Uh, and, uh, you know, he didn't lean on the power play too much for his production. But I'm not sure, like, a Justin Williams is what's holding this team back. I think a guy who can move the puck on the blue line is going to do so much more, especially if it's, you know, if you have Williams, you're going to shelter his ice time and – if you get a guy like a Shattenkirk or another player who can make a difference on the blue line, but like Adam said, there's just not a lot there outside of Shattenkirk. You know, someone who can play 20 minutes a night and is not turning the puck over. And, you know, it's the example I, I wanted to interrupt Joe before with, you know, trying to understand why puck-moving defensemen are so important. All you really have to do is watch how the Rangers played against the defenseman struggled with the trap against Ottawa and how the Rangers defense struggled against, you know, kind of an aggressive forecheck against Montreal. The amount of pucks that were turned over at the Rangers blue line or just outside the Rangers blue line, it was just, it was all the time. And there's no offense that happens. And it's, you know, guys who turn the puck over and then, they're tired because they need to get off the ice. And then you have things like really bad blown defensive coverages. So there's a lot more to it there, but uh, I don't know how you feel about someone like Justin Williams, Adam, I'll let you hop in. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll, 
I'll get to that. But, you know, for me, this just, you know, really shows kind of how arbitrary and, and how quickly things can change in terms of who is viewed as clutch and who is not clutch. Because Chris <laughs> Kreider, when you look at World Junior Championships, he scored a number of clutch goals, including gold medal um, gold medal game at Boston College. He scored a number of important goals. Um, and then when he was with the Rangers, you know, remember that, you know, his when they signed him out of college and immediately inserted him to the lineup. Yeah. You know, for the playoffs and how many goals he scored against Ottawa and then Washington and the Devils he, he and the year after for the Stanley Cup run. You know, and all, so all, all it takes is, you know, what was it, 12, 12 games, 12 playoff games where, you know, yeah. he struggles to put the puck in the net, whatever. And then, you know, and, and, and here we are saying, oh, you know, he's not clutch, you know. And then, you know, Rick Nash suddenly the best, you know, is producing better than anyone the last two years after all the, you know, whining about that one. So, Look, the idea isn't that, you know, of course there are guys who step up in big moments and guys who maybe are a bit, you know, afraid of those moments. But shooting, scoring goals in hockey is is very luck-based. Like, we know this. Um, Just like, you know, a guy getting a stick in a way, you know, a weird bounce, you know, a rut in the ice. Like, those things just make weird differences that are impossible to control. Um, So, like... No, I, I think it'd be rather silly to sit here and say, um, you know, let's, let's base then how we're going to build this team for the next five years off of how pucks bounced, you know, in, in 10, 12 playoff games. Um, yeah. So, like, look, in, in, in a vacuum, like, in the world where, like, there's no salary cap and, like, whatever, like, yeah, sure, Justin Williams, great. Um, <laughs> but, but like, like, you know, like you said, um, like um, – this team has um, a lot of issues to address, and wing is definitely not one of them. Um, so, yeah, I think they've got bigger things to worry about right now. You also can't pay. You also can't pay for things like clutch scoring, um, not in free agency. You know, you can't. You can't give a guy like Justin Williams a sweetheart. You know, like a, a, a two or three year three year deal at this age just because he scored big goals for other teams. That's not that sort of thinking isn't isn't the sort of thinking that will build a championship team. It's uh it's flawed to say the least in terms of you know you have to look at, you know, where where are Williams numbers trending and it's you know, even his numbers were, you know, already kind of on the decline in LA and then he enjoyed a bit of a renaissance in his first year in Washington and then, you know, he had twenty four goals last season, which is great, but you know, his he has this role of just he's there on the wing for the cap for the Capitals' very skilled centers to get him the puck so he can shoot. He's not really a guy who'll create a ton of offense on his own, and that all ties back to what the Rangers really need is those guys who can create offense, which is why someone like Thornton yeah. is so attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how many how many games last year, like playoffs or otherwise, like how many times last year did we really sit there and say like, you know, like, oh, wow, like the defense is playing great and like, you know, the other team like just can't get anything going. But like, you know, I wish just someone would put the puck in the net for the Rangers. Like they're playing well, but they just can't, you know, score. Like I, you know, I'm sure it happened once in a while, like any, you know, like anything happens. But like that doesn't seem to me like something where it was like, oh, like this is the thing that's holding back the Rangers. Absolutely, yeah. Puck luck wasn't the issue. I think an even better example, Adam, than the 
the Crider, you know, 13 games in the playoffs this year, is the Stepan stuff. Derek yeah. Stepan literally scored the biggest goal in recent memory for Rangers history. Yeah. In the playoffs. The Game 7 overtime winner against the Capitals. And he's deemed to be not clutch. And I, in that series, which was two years ago, Kreider, everybody forgets, scored the goal with a minute left to tie Game 5, where the Rangers would have been yeah. dead in the water. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can pick and choose. Listen, to, to Sean's point, were Kreider, Hayes, and Miller a disappointment in the playoffs? Yes. There, there's no way around it. Right, sure. There's no way around it. There's no way to say that they weren't. They absolutely were. Um, does that mean you give up on them? No. It, it doesn't at all. And I, if, listen, if this is something that occurs two years in a row, three years in a row, you want to have that conversation, fine. But that's not where we are right now. And I don't see us getting there either. Miller had a breakout year this year, and then obviously it didn't, it didn't translate to the playoffs. Kreider, for whatever reason, just it didn't. Sometimes the putt doesn't go into the net. Hayes has had sort of a weird run in the NHL, and I think some of it has to do with the way that he's been treated by Vigneault and I think some of it has to do with the fact that it's just young players sometimes don't have everything go the way that you expect them to right away. Everybody expects McDavid to be the most amazing thing in the world, and everybody expects everybody else to be just like McDavid, and that's not the way that this works. Um, As for Justin Williams, I like the idea of a guy like Justin Williams. I don't like what it's going to cost to, to get him. I like the idea of a Nick Bonino. I don't like the idea of what it would cost to get him. I like a lot of players that I just think at this point the Rangers need to worry about other cap issues. Joe Thornton makes sense. He, he scored 50-plus points on a bum knee last year. You're, you're putting him in a system where, yes, the Rangers run a little bit fast on offense. He could be a power play specialist. You put him with a couple of goal-scoring guys, he would immediately make guys like Hayes, Kreider, even Miller if Miller's going to use his shot more more dangerous, period, end of story. Buxnevich, like VC, the list goes on and on. That makes sense to me. Marlou makes a little bit less sense to me, but I get it. I kind of understand. But there are options out there at depth, center positions. I'd love Brian Boyle. I think he's going to cost too much money. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Justin Williams would be great. If Justin Williams was the center, I think he would be even better. But I, I think it's very difficult to get a player because you think they're a clutch playoff performer. And that's not to insinuate Justin Williams isn't good. He's good. He scored 24 goals this year. You're not talking about a guy who's going to put up five points. But there's just so many cheaper options out there that can do maybe not as much damage, but be more stable. Benoit Pouillat, uh, Captain Taco, as Adam will call him, he got bought out today, so he may be available. Um, Scott Hartnell got bought out today. He might be an option if these guys are going to go cheap because they're getting their money on the back end of the deal. You have cheaper options that you can look at. Justin Williams, he's 35. He has one more contract left in him. He's going to make the money. That's what he's going to do. And I don't blame him, but I just don't see that. And I don't see any way that you can look at this year as a make-or-break year for Miller, Hayes, or Kreider. They're too young. I mean, and I think Kreider has, if he's not too young, he's built up enough of a He's built up enough of a resume with the New York Rangers that you can't just look at that one year and say, okay, that's the end of that. I really don't think that. If so, I can build off of a, something you brought up before, Joe, is a brilliant because point, I think, I'm sure. it, yeah, well, you made so many brilliant points. That's all you do. Uh, the, 
the Benino thing is so interesting to me because, you know, we've heard that the Rangers are apparently one of, you know, many teams who are talking to Benino. Um, he feels like the sort of guy who I'm, I said this on Twitter, I'm convinced that two years from now, whatever the Benino contract will end up being is going to be a mistake. You know, he's 29 years old. He's never been known as a good skater. Uh, all of his, you know, his offensive numbers have been inflated by, you know, playing with who he's played with, which was predominantly Kessel in the regular season. Um, but he's one of those not guys. Not just that. He's just, getting sheltered minutes because of Crosby and Malkin playing center. So, he's, you know, you're not going to match up yeah. against him. So, right. Yeah, he's playing the other team's third line and fourth line. And, you know, he's there's he's just a name we've heard so long and in deep playoff runs. And so it's, oh, you know, Nick Benino. He's a guy who, you know, a competitive team is going to want. But he's also the sort of guy that a team like Pittsburgh – knows that, like, all right, we can't afford Nick Benino, we'll let him go, because they don't need him, and that says a lot. The Rangers don't need to overpay for a thir- their third-line center if, you know, if they're going to say, all right, we can't get, we can't get Thornton, we'll get a third-line guy, and we'll just hope that Kevin Hayes gets his act together. Um, the idea of Thornton is so much more appealing to me for, you know, all sorts of reasons. It's, you can have him, you know, playing at that second line center spot, you know, shelter his minutes a little bit and then just let him do whatever he wants in the power play. And all of a sudden the Rangers will have a top eight power play in the league. And, you know, when we talk about looking like Sean with the call and like searching for consistency in offense, I know that Thornton had a down year and only had five goals or whatever, but Joe Thornton is one of the best playmaking centers to ever play the game. It doesn't matter. And he he can do it on one leg. Uh, If the Rangers can get him at a reasonable term, he's a great, great fit. It's just the problem that the Rangers are one of at least 11 teams that want to add Joe Thornton, including the Sharks. Uh, But just to go back to what I, my first point of, of Benino, um, it's he's the sort of guy who I think is would be a similar kind of mistake to Williams, but kind of for different reasons. Just you know, he's 29, so if he, I think the rumor out there is that he wants four or five years, and you know, if that cap hit starts with anything above four million, it's it's a bad deal. I go it's even just, lower, honestly. Just, yeah, I would too, but I've been hearing that that's what the asking price is going to be for him. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why cups seem to just inflate a guy's value, but you know, the bottom line is the penguins. I know he scored a lot of big goals. The penguins would have won the cups without Nick Benino. I know that might be a controversial statement of penguins fans, but he's not like a foundational player. Anyway, I've right. talked too long now, you know, any opportunity you have, and we're going to go into the Tony time, so thank you all for listening. You can catch the rest of this show um, as soon oh, as it cuts you. out for you on archive because that's what we do to pad our stats, and thus it's the Tony time. Um, the lesson here is you don't sign a guy for triple his worth because he's a UFA at the end of an amazing playoffs. Bonino is in a, yeah. a very unique position in Pittsburgh in that he's playing with Crosby and Malkin. He does a good amount of his damage on the power play. 
And like Adam said, when opposing coaches are so focused on making sure that their best defensive matchups are against Crosby and Malkin, it opens Bonino up to, to play against lesser competition. And that's not to insinuate he's a bad player, but the Rangers can't protect a guy like Bonino because they don't have a, a, a Malkin or a Crosby. They just yeah. don't. Very few teams in the league do. Very few teams in the league. So without that buffer, without that safety net, you're not going to get the level of production that you're paying for. And that's going to be a five- or a six-year deal, I would bet. You can't do it. You have to be smart about it, which is where Thornton... Listen, if, if you can make a pitch to Thornton, if he doesn't want to leave the West Coast, you're not getting him anyway, so it doesn't matter. You can make a pitch yeah. to Thornton. You know what? I, and this is me speaking... I don't mind paying Thornton more money for two years. I really don't. If you want to give Thornton maybe above market value for a two-year contract, I'm okay with that. Because ultimately, you're not hamstringing yourself with anything. If it doesn't work out, you have to eat it this year or next year. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're in a rebuild anyway, whatever. Three years And they now, have the cap space. Right. They have 20... Klein retires, right. which by all indications he's going to be. You're going to have $23 million. You want to give Thornton a two-year $12 million deal... That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. By all means, do it. Do it. I don't care. It's a two-year deal. Set it up. Yeah. Make it happen. You have your three centers down the middle. Boom. Now, Thornton may get a three-year $18 million deal. I don't know. I can't imagine he gets more than that, but I have no idea. I, you don't know how these general managers are going to react. And the Kings, how they have cap spaces beyond me, if, <laughs> if they're going to make a big push for him, then so be it. You're, you're, you're not going to be able to do anything about that. The flip side, however, is if you can convince Thornton, you haven't gotten your name on the cup yet. You and Rick Nash did wonderful things for Canada together in the Olympics. You guys Play have with done your wonderful buddy. things have fun. together internationally. You have Henrik Lundqvist behind you. You have a room of veterans who desperately want their name on a Stanley Cup. You get to play in New York. You get to live in New York. That might not be the best selling point, but leave your family in L.A., leave your family in San Jose, and come over. Come win a cup in New York. That's the selling point. The Rangers can offer him as much money and as much term as they want. I don't think that's going to be what's going to hold this out. Because if Thornton turned around and said, you know what, I really do want to play in New York, he's not going to, he's not going to hold them to the wall. And thanks to Adam, we're aware that Thornton would not have been opposed to playing in New York in the event that things soured in San Jose. So it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but there's a lot there to digest. And there's a lot there for, I think, Thornton to think about and and the Rangers to think about. Of course, every team is coming after him. Like Mike said, he's one of the greatest playmakers in hockey right now, even as a 37-year-old. There's a lot there. I, I mean... Adam, gut feeling, do you think Thornton ends up in New York? It's uh, a tough one. Uh, I, 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 I'm kind of leaning towards Marlowe right now. Just, I, don't know, I don't really know. I don't have any inside info on so, that, although I do know, again, Marlowe, you know, look, a couple of years ago when he, he, you know, he demanded a trade and then he rescinded that demand. But there was a time where, you know, he wanted out and, you know, he had like a three team at best trade list and the Rangers are on it. Um, you know, so, uh, and now he's a free agent and 
I just I just kind of get that feeling for whatever reason that it's going to be Patrick Morrow. Um, yeah, I don't know though, but I I, I think best case scenario is Thornton, and like you know people are going to say, oh, but what about his age? Or, you know, what about injuries? Like, not that those aren't fair questions, but there aren't twelve Connor McDavid's on free agency waiting to join the Rangers, right? So like you have any, any move you make, whether it's a signing or a trade or wherever else, like you're assuming some risk one way or the other. So you got to decide, you know, what's the best risk to take, which, which is the lowest amount of risk relative to reward. And I think, you know, taking one of the best playmaking centers of all time, you know, coming off a very good season, nonetheless, you know, on a shorter term deal, two years, whatever, that's, I don't think that's a massive risk. Oh. Michael? I want him here. I don't think he'll land here. Um Who, I think Thornton or Marlowe? Thornton. Just from just from what we've heard so much about, um, you know, from what Friedman said, from you know, how it's it's clear that Thornton loves his teammates in San Jose and he's one of those guys who's old enough, he has his family, you know, it's gonna take a lot to convince him to uproot his life. I think a city like New York and the opportunity to play in New York might is probably worth it to a guy like that. You know, it's it's not like, hey, you know, come play in Buffalo. You know, it's not quite the same draw. But uh, you know, no no offense to Buffalo, but uh, I Buffalo guess a little awful. bit of offense to Buffalo. Trying to say. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they deserve it. It's just Canada South. Um, I, I, Eighteen feet of snow? Are you kidding me? You have to tunnel <laughs> your way out of your own house. The minute I have to well, tunnel my way out of Shattenkirk my own house, might end up there. So who knows what the hell's happening? Well, yeah, okay, um, fine. But if you said to me, "Hey, here's a hundred million dollars. Here's a shovel. This is the only way you're going to be able to be able to get out of your front door," I would do it too. Doesn't mean I have to like it. I'm not some heathen. Yeah, buy a snowblower. Call it a day. Um, I, I do think it'll end up being someone uh, like Marlowe, or frankly, I think. It might be a mistake like a Benino. Um, you know, I, I say that knowing that it comes off as a little bit cynical, but uh, in terms of the other, you know, free agent centers who are out there, you know, there's, it's just, uh, you know, unless you want to have a fun reunion with John Mitchell and, you know, hope play him well above what he's capable of. It's, uh, there's just not, there's not a lot there. Um, and so that makes me think the Rangers are going to go for it with Thornton. Um, the problem, like I've said before, and I'll say again, is it's not a one-horse race. The Rangers have a lot of things to offer, uh, you know, Jumbo Joe, that other teams don't. But, you know, if, if, if push comes to shove, I think he'll, he'll want to stay in California, either with the Kings or the Sharks. That seems to be the most recent rumblings about that. Um, I don't know, Joe. Do you think we're going to get Thornton or no? My main concern is is Shattenkirk. Here's the thing. I would have told you Thornton was not a slam dunk, but definitely a, oh, I can see this happening as of two weeks ago. Now I am totally on the other side of the fence. I just don't see New York as a fit for him, especially if all this talk about the Kings is true. He, he clearly doesn't want to leave the West Coast, and I get it. He's got a family, whatever. Um, if the Rangers 
don't get Shattenkirk, and that's a conscience decision. If the Rangers don't get Shattenkirk, yeah. it's because they don't want Shattenkirk. If the Rangers don't get Thornton, it's because they struck out, and there's a big difference. So I, I think Marlou might be the consolation prize for Thornton. Uh, I'd have to believe the Rangers are not going to give Benino five years. This is not Glenn Sather at the helm. This is Jeff Gordon, but I don't know. Um, are we going to see the Rangers go into a full-out rebuild? I have no idea. I'm very, very concerned that that's what we're looking at. And I guess the reason I'm concerned is because I feel like it would be a betrayal of Henrik Lundqvist. And not just that you don't make decisions based off the player, right? And we've discussed that over and over and over again about Dan Girardi. But Lundqvist, if anybody deserves it, it's Lundqvist. But it's not just that. The Rangers have the opportunity to fix all of their problems. They, They got a little bit weaker at forward, okay? Um, depending on what they do there, they, they maybe got a lot weaker at forward. But you have maybe one of the best defensive top fours in the NHL with McDonough, Shattenkirk, Shea, and Smith. And then you have D'Angelo and who the hell knows. You turn what was, without a doubt, your biggest negative into your biggest positive. You have a true power play quarterback. You have four defensemen who can run the power play. You don't have to force McDonough to run the power play. You make it D'Angelo. You make it Shattenkirk. You can put Shea there. You totally change the dynamic of this team. You change the dynamic of your special teams, change the dynamic of your power play. Maybe you bring in a Thornton and a Pouillot, and the next thing you know, the Rangers are Stanley Cup contenders, for real. Or you just kind of sit around and rebuild on the fly, and I don't know what that means. So do I think Thornton's coming? No. Do I think Shattenkirk's coming? I don't think there's nearly as much of this the Rangers aren't interested in as everybody says there is. I don't know if this is gamesmanship or not from Jeff Gordon. I have a feeling it is. But I'm, I thought I knew what the plan was a week ago. I thought I absolutely knew what the plan was when the Rangers traded Stepan. And yeah. now I'm almost positive I have no freaking idea what's going on. <laughs> so that's my, like, that's my trajectory of knowledge. Well, the, the big thing I'm worried about, the big thing I'm worried about is, all right, if the Rangers strike out on Shattenkirk and Thornton, what they can't do is make the wrong signings. They can't sign the wrong consolation players and in so doing, you know, knock out whatever whatever road they're trying to build towards, you know, committing to youth and, and rebuilding the right way. Because, you know, if they strike out, you know, too big and too desperately this offseason – there won't be enough there to be a cup contender, not a real cup contender. And that means you don't, you don't make those Benino signings or the Brian Boyle signings or, you know, you you just can't, you can't tie up term with guys who are not going to make the team better. And frankly, just hold roster spots that you need to plug kids into. And, you know, you need to find kids and, and, and develop them. Um, I know that a lot of Rangers fans don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear rebuild yet. But if there's nothing there in free agency, because it, it's a very big deal when you lose, a, you know, your top six center and a fourth line center who would be a third line center on a lot of teams in Lindbergh. And, you know, that's that's a lot of, that's a lot 
taken away from the team. Um, the Rangers are, you know, right now, they're no better than they were in the playoffs, except for in terms of what's no longer there, holding them back with Girardi. But again, none of that really matters because we don't know what Vigneault will do with it. You know, we've seen a discouraging amount of evidence that suggests that, dear God, he'll do something wrong with it. But we don't know. The best thing we can hope for is that Gordon gives him the right pieces and pays a reasonable price for them. But if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. You know, you, you can't you can't break the piggy bank for Nick Benito and Brian Boyle and, you know, Justin Williams or, you know, even like a reclamation project for a Hartnell or a Pouliot. You just can't do it. There's also a group of fans who point out 2018's free agency class is supposed to be really good and there's a lot of reasons to kind of wait and not do anything this year and, and just sort of rebuild for that, that free agency group. But you, so much changes between today and next summer that it is so irresponsible to say, okay, I know X, Y, and Z players are going to be available in 2018 because they might not be. Trades happen. Teams they, keep they their players, especially if they're good. They pro- exactly. What Honestly, what free agency class? Like this free agency class has a downright superstar in Shattenkirk. How often is that the case? And even if it is, it's one player. So you can't think, oh, that's fine. We'll just do it next year. You just don't know. You have no idea what it's going to look like. The landscape is going to be totally different. So I don't buy into that. I, I think Shattenkirk solves a lot of the Rangers' problems. I'm aware that, I, that at this point maybe we're in the minority. Who knows? There's, there seems to be a lot of people who have uh, kind of changed their mind on, on what Shattenkirk is. But I think he solves a lot of problems. I really do. I there think seems to be a lot of money. people who don't like Brendan Smith. Which, may I say, I'm glad you brought that up. I am freaking shocked at how many people don't think Smith is a quality defenseman. I don't get it. He's the he's the old school and the new school. I don't know what what's there not to like. He does, I think it's because I think he, he, he was billed as this unbelievable puck-moving defenseman in college. And he never translated to the NHL side of things, and people hold that against him. And that doesn't make sense. At yeah, all. but why do Rangers fans hold that against him? I, I don't know because he wasn't good enough. I I had an argument with someone two days ago that said that he's not a good skater, which I I want to nap when I hear stuff like that. Like who who? He's a great what skater are you for his about? size. He's great, and that he's he doesn't hit players like he's not tough enough. As I often say before comments like that send me into a seizure, if you don't have the puck or if other guys don't have the puck to get hit, you are doing your job on defense. Like, what are we arguing here? Seriously, what is the argument? You, oh God, you fired me up now. Name an elite defenseman who is tough enough. I'd like to know that. Like, who's... I guess, Chara in his prime? Who else are you talking about? That's it. Yeah, that, Weber in his prime? You can count him on one hand. Yeah. 
So what upsets me is you're you're bringing back a guy who honestly made the Rangers much better. Okay? I understand if you want to make the argument that Smith was a little bit expensive. I think he was about $300,000 too expensive. I would have liked to see him at $4 million. 4.3, I'll take it. And you want to know why I'll take it? Because Rangers have $23 million in cap space. You can afford the extra couple of hundred thousand dollars to keep a critical component of this year's team. And that's and another he plays thing. plays the that right leads, side. This is another thing that leads me to believe that the Rangers are not actually rebuilding. Why keep him? Why buy out Girardi? And why keep Smith? If you're rebuilding, go full rebuild. Balls to the wall. Go get, there's a Swedish defenseman that's supposed to be the next greatest thing in the world in 2018. He's going number one overall. Go get him. That's fine. So I don't, I, I would have to assume the Rangers are not just throwing in the towel. Uh, but who knows? We're also talking about a team that if they do get Shattenkirk, well, there's no Girardi to take away his top pairing minutes anymore. But, like, is he going to play first line minutes or are we going to see Holden out there? I swear to God, I swear to God, if the Rangers keep, if the Rangers sign Shattenkirk, they have Shattenkirk, D'Angelo, Shea, and McDonough, and Nick Holden gets so much as a second of power play time, I am going to go insane. In pain. Remember that breakaway goal he had, though, Joe, with that move? Uh, I am still so fired up over this friggin' playoffs disaster. We haven't even yeah, talked about move. the AV factor. There's a lot. There, God, there's so much here. Uh, all right. Way to go, Mike. You've ruined you, You've ruined this. I put a bunch of ants in your pants, and now you're yeah, all you antsy-pantsy. I don't think I'm wrong, though. I really don't. I, I understand that I can be unreasonable at times. I don't think this is being unreasonable. If the rankings get shattered, shit better change. That's all I'm saying. Well, better change. This is a family goddamn show. Can we Take say that? Is. Right. Apparently. All right. We Mike curses all the time. He slips it in. Eventually, I iTunes curse. is going to flag us, curse. and it's going to it's going to turn into something where do I get to our patrons then, approve. Does Guy in Montana approve of this language? I don't know if Guy in Montana. I don't know does, if he does. Does Dan's? I don't know if Dan's. Well, Dan's. We can do whatever we want. We we could do whatever we want with Dan. Dan. We're gonna get we're gonna get like the Bill O'Reilly treatment. Like, oh, all the sponsors are pulling out and releasing public statements. Can you know? Condemning the language. Next week is Blue Apron. Another Blue Apron week next week. Wow. Oh boy. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Exciting stuff. So Blue Apron is like, well, you know, we don't. Your your hot takes on Smith really don't align with our fresh catfish fried and delicious butter. Joe is going to bed with with a full belly full of gourmet food. Delicious food. No king, no king stays on his throne forever, Joe. That's all I'm going to say to you. Okay, you're now threatening me live on the radio. That wasn't a threat. That's just. I will get out my arbalist and I will come at you. Uh, no, I will not. I will wait for you to come at me and then I will strike you down from afar. An arbalist takes a long time to load. Apparently, oh. I looked it yeah, up. Yeah, but later. I just need one shot. Meanwhile, Beth will There's come no at way in hell. With her great sword that she's using with two if hands I'm, that she could bear. If I'm lift. serpentine and zigzagging, you're not going to hit me. I move like a cat. I guess. I, I, I don't know. And I'll attack you know. in the night when, when your vision's poor. Uh, it could work. I'm reading Wheel of Time, so I have a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of medieval weapons being used. 
Um, this well, this just like slowly devolved into like just the worst conversation. Well, the the Tony time usually does dissolve into something, yeah. and this is we sometimes we talk about mid- medieval weapons. Sometimes we talk about um, dogs that attack Mike. Sometimes we talk about the spiritual world. I don't know. Our best best drinking habits. Yeah, best um, drinking habits. How often the Colossal squids. You don't know. You have no idea what's going to come out. Colossal squids, they scare me pretty good. I just want that out there. Yeah, I think the world that. should know. I don't, I don't want anything to do with colossal squids. I, I watched an episode of, of River Monsters. You guys watch River Monsters at all? I love River Monsters. No, because I have a life. Sure. Okay. You know what, Adam? That's enough out of you. <laughs> this is why you're clendenning, and this is why yeah, you this is why you're clendenning and not, and not the McDonough of the show, Okay. Right. I hope you have some good suits. You're going to be in the goddamn press box of that attitude. Yeah, I wonder if Clendenning is this annoying in video where they're like, oh, what happened here where you missed this block? And she's like, I have a life. And Vigneault's like, I have a life. I don't know. At the end of this. Now you're making me defend Vigneault. Are you kidding me? Anywho, it's a spectacular show. And last weekend, he did one where he went onto like a Portuguese squid vessel. That was very small, and it went out into the middle of the ocean for like three days, and it was so pitchy that he got seasick, which I think is astounding. And they found a squid that was like six feet long that had a beak. I guess squids have beaks that has the bite force of a lion. Tell me that's not scary. That thing gets on your face, boom, face ripped off. Yeah, that's not okay. No. I don't like that even a little bit. It's a little guillotine for her mouth. I don't like that. And colossal squids? Uh-uh. I don't think so. Adam, what animals scare you the most, Adam? What animals scare me the most? Is it a snake because of your biblical name? No. You see what I did there, folks? I, I, I got it. The world. He's, he's moving it all in now. That was clever. I'm very clever. I don't know. What animals, what animals scare me? I mean, I just don't like. Don't like scare me in the same like threatening way, but like spiders suck, man. Like, oh God, spiders are. I know like worse. all of like their like environmental like benefits of like spiders existing, or whatever. But like, screw it. Like, let the world burn. Like, that's better than spiders. <laughs> nope, absolutely not. Spiders are they? Uh, I can't even talk about them. They scare me. I'm in the basement right now, not- looking at spiders to make sure that there's no spiders, and I don't see any, so we're good. Nothing My worse than going to in the middle of the night. Weekend. You know how big the spiders are over there? If I see a spider yeah, that is like my hands in the house, nope, that's the spider's house now. He can pay the mortgage. I am done. Burn <laughs> that son of a bitch when I, around. When I was, uh, when, I was in, when I was in Montreal uh, about a year ago, about about eleven months ago, just on just having fun vacation, whatever, and I was staying at a hostel, international hostel, and. Of course, Australians travel like nobody's business. Like, it's just ridiculous. But we were outside, like, they were grilling for dinner, and, like, there was just, like, this massive spider that just, like, suddenly emerged out of nowhere, like, on its on a web. And, like, everyone, you know, of course, everyone's like, oh, like, oh, screw that. And then here's, like, this just, like, stereotypical, like, Australian dude just, like, runs over, starts, like, grab like grabs a spider, just, like, starts, like, playing with it, like, starts, like, shoving it in people's faces. Like, oh, look at this spider mite. And it's, like, then this is like too too stereotypical for me. I like just nope. got it the hell out of there. Nope. You uh you attack people who do that once they put the spider down. No thank you. 
That's not a good person. That's a bad person. Yes. It absolutely is. Um, anyway, we Mike, what animal Phillip scares you the most? Heifel. I'm curious. What? Who now? What animal, what scare, animal scare me the most? Yeah. Uh, the bot fly is pretty high on my list. If you, <laughs> when have you, you ever encountered one? I haven't, but that's, of course, what leads to the <laughs> fear. Uh, I think I mean, you're I a, uh, a large Portuguese squid, either. But well, you know, speaking of Portuguese, <laughs> the Portuguese man of war is pretty terrible. If we want to stick to the ocean, oh, jellyfish. Yeah, jellyfish. Well, the animal okay. that I, this the one that I, I, the bottom of my list. The last thing I want to be locked in a room with is a tiger. They're just. They can swim, they can climb trees. I'm pretty sure they can fly. If you're locked in a room with a tiger, I don't think it matters if they can swim or climb trees. What if the room's filled with water, Adam? You're done. I've just flummoxed you. You've been beaten. I'll knock over the chessboard. I mean, so if you're locked in a room that's just flooded with water, you're probably screwed anyway. What if I have gills? What if I have a self-contained underwater breathing apparatus? That's what scuba stands for, in case you didn't know. These are the sort of things I know. This is why you're Adam Clendenning. I, I did know that, but okay. Ooh, okay. It's a tiger, Joe. Fuck it. T- tigers are terrifying. <laughs> they can jump yeah, 30 it's... feet. They can fly. They know all your secrets. Did you know mm. that in India, they, they have people who work in, uh, in the jungle collecting, I forget what it is, it's, you know, some fruit or some some crop of some kind. And the workers would take masks and put them on the back of their head because tigers like to ambush. They're an ambush predator. So if you have a face in the back of your head, tigers, they learned, will, it's less likely they'll attack the workers. But uh, after like a year or two, the tigers are just like, screw it. I don't care. And they just they just stopped recognizing the na- the masks' as faces. In other words, Joe, they learned how to kill better. That's all they do. What about, uh, I'll give you one for me. Uh, I'll give you bears. And here's why. I'll tell you a story. My wife's grandparents have a house in upstate New York. They have like 100 acres in upstate New York. Okay. So we went up there last summer. We had Stanley, obviously the dog. And we decided we're going to go for a little hike. Okay, we're going to go for a hike into the woods. They have like a mountain on their property. We were going to go to the foot of the mountain. As we're walking out the door, my grandmother-in-law says, oh, by the way, there is a 500-pound bear that is on the loose that destroyed our chicken coop last week. Here, take this. (laughs) What would you expect the this to be? Okay, bear spray is not a bad answer. I was a expecting whistle? a gun. You know what I got? A freaking <laughs> broom. A broom. A broom. What am I doing with a broom? I'm going to sweep a pack for him so he can get closer to me and destroy me? Does I, do I have just enough time to jab the broom into his mouth so that he can eat something else before he rips my freaking arm off? Needless to say, we started walking, we found the bear poop, and that was the end of that. You know, Joe... The thing about well, no, that's obviously, why you got the broom to sweep that yeah. away. See, you're welcome. Uh, and if it's New York, it's a black bear. And if a black bear is attacking you, you're supposed to fight for your life, 
But if it's a grizzly bear, you just play dead. That's the rule. Interesting. I don't know why that's the rule, but apparently if you fight a black bear fiercely enough, it'll be like, this isn't worth it. But if you start fighting... Well, it's yeah, it's, it's a behavioral. Well, I don't think like I don't think like if you do something else like uh, like like a lawyer comes in and says like oh like you you just broke the rules like according to protocol you know. Well, if you well, want to improve your odds of survival, that'd be great. I think it's more like a you know suggestion for how to maximize survivability, not really a yeah. rule. Mm. Well, I'm sorry that I chose to use one word instead of seven. It's not like You're we're welcome. doing a live. Radio thing. Okay. Damn it. All right. The two of you are at each other's throats, and I will not have it. I I will not have it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Patreon.com slash blue shirt banter. Go do that thing. Um, Do it. And if you're going to hear more of Adam and Mike, they could fight. We'll actually do like a, a, they'll actually fight over the air. It'll be amazing. Um, Twitter.com slash Adam Z Herman for Adam. Twitter.com slash DigDeepBSB for Mike. You can also find Mike at uh, FanRag, correct? Yep. You are the drum roll. Oh, the lead women's hockey writer now. Ah, the lead women's hockey writer. Congratulations, Mike. He is actually the most talented person I've ever worked with, and he deserves everything that he gets. Oh, Jesus so, Christ. Oh. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know he's he's right up there with Adam, who is clandestine yeah. in so many ways. Um, seriously, Mike is uh, mm. he deserves everything he gets. He hates when he gets praise, especially praise live on the air where everybody can listen to it. Um, yeah. He's gonna make that. I'm playing with scotch tape right now. I don't know if to listen to you. The greatest women's hockey coverage ever. Um, and me at Blue Shirt Panther. Literally, just go to a website if it's not BlueShirtPanther dot com. Go to some social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, Patreon, adult site. Yeah, Pornhub dot com slash Blue Shirt Panther probably has. Um, uh, I don't actually know Craig's what pop list. up, and I'm not going to try. Craigslist, no. You'll get you'll get murdered. Um, and thank you for Adam for jumping in. He is our uh, useful Clendenning. I'm a good coach. I know how to use him. Right. Adam, we don't let Joe him. tell you differently. I love you. We have absolutely don't let him come between us. Don't deny um, my love. That's the worst thing. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.